All right, sorry about that. I didn't have my earpiece in. I didn't hear the music. I mean, I could hear the music, but I wasn't, wasn't prepared. You caught me in mid-text. Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, wherever you get your favorite podcast. We also host Blue Jays Talk, which we will be hosting tonight immediately following the first game of the Guardians Jays series. By the way, congratulations to me. I have only called the Guardians their old name once so far today. And I'm very, I'm, I'm very pleased with that. Just write it down on a piece of paper like it's, I did. I, I don't learn it that way. I, I, I just... That I can't. You have to do it wrong. Yes, a certain amount of times till you go. I am don't like do it wrong anymore. Yes, I'm like you say, Kikuchi. I need to <laughs> self-correct. <clears throat> I am a work in progress. I am a 62 year old work in progress. Well, that's the first step. And I need to, to self-correct. It. You got to admit it first. That's right. You got to look in the mirror and go, Is something wrong. You gotta. <laughs> you know, doesn't matter how old you are, what stage of your life you're in. Personal, professional life, man. You just got to... Never too old to learn something. Never too old to learn something. Uh, we mentioned 607 is the first pitch tonight. Uh, this, is, this is some really good... This is some really good pitching, this this uh, this series. Barrios, Savali, Gossman and Bieber is going to be great. And, and like I said, you, I, you've seen... I know you've seen a little bit of Tristan McKenzie. He's filthy. Tristan McKenzie... It, Tristan McKenzie is one of my favorite pitchers to watch right now. Here's what I'm going to say to this, what you just said. I, I agree with you, but when it comes to the Blue Jays getting healthy, it's time. If, you, if, yeah. you, if you're getting Teoscar back, these guys don't throw as hard as the guys that you just faced. Now, they do, they're do. they going to make quality pitches. And McKenzie they know, can, they McKenzie know can how to, 93, 93. I mean, he'll occasionally hit the 95, 96, but it ain't sitting at that with, with crazy sink. No, it's and he also got the closer. 90, 92, in. 93. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can eliminate the closer. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah. How many times they see Aroldis Chapman? That's true. How many times has Aroldis Chapman up in that series? I mean, they got. I mean, they, they got their the, they got their tails kicked one time, so that helped a little bit. But I'm I'm saying it's you. This is the time where you're going you're going on the road. Sometimes that's easier to get off to good starts on the road. You're not worried about as much tickets and what your family's doing. You're worried about all oh, everything that's going on. No, all you now you do is concentrate on see ball hit ball thinking of. Big part of the field, middle of the other way. You don't think the Guardians have looked at videotape and went, uh, Indian or the, 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 uh, yeah, you did it. You the, did uh, it. No, I meant to say the Yankees. The, the, the Yankees oh. are trying to get people out of way. We're going to try and do that. So make some adjustments, get it down, get it singing, do some things. So I look at it the other, the other way. What was this? It just came across. Oh, never mind. It's not important. I thought we were, uh, there's a but there's kind of a trade watch going on right now in baseball with the San Diego Padres and uh, Denelson Lamette. Um, there's some talk that uh, the Padres were getting ready to make a move. It's weird. It, it seems to me the Padres remind me of Toronto during construction season or Toronto year round. <laughs> They're never done. Like the the it's. For a team that has Tatis and Machado and still one of the top farm systems in the game, it's like a it's like a Toronto road. It's just never freaking done. That's, that's, it's like there's another pothole or there's another water main that needs replacing. 
You said some things. The Padres that's might the, as they might as well put an orange cone, bunch of orange cones around that team. That's the greatest thing you've ever said. Jeff. It's pretty good, isn't it? That's that is. You've been thinking about that. for I a while. I have been thinking about it for I a while. You have. I've been thinking about it ever since I read about the potential trade. Let's bring in Shai Davidi. He's Sportsnet's MLB insider, and uh, he is pinch hitting for uh, Dan Schulman, who uh, has been. Uh, I was going to say avoidably detained, but Dan uh, Dan has some stuff to take care of today, so. Shy, thank you so much for jumping in. Uh, we always appreciate your time. We especially appreciate it uh, coming in as the, in the pinch as as you have here. Ten and six over this run of games. Now, I think most Blue Jays fans would have taken that record. How do you view what the Jays have just done against the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Astros? I think that you've got to be pretty happy about it because – you know, not only is that, uh, you know, a solid start from 10 and 6, but you have to think about some of the external factors involved in that too, right? No Teoscar Hernandez. Danny Jansen goes down as well. Uh, Kianjin Ryu hits the injured list. The offense doesn't really perform the way you expect it to. You ha- and you, you're basically in these high leverage games day in, day out. And you expect that, that uh, you know, that you're not going to be, was it 10 and 3 in the one-run games? You know that, that's uh, that's a pretty good turnout, uh, especially for a team that hasn't performed well in those kind of games to this point. So, you know, I think if you're the Blue Jays, you're happy both with the record, and even though you know it it, it didn't happen the way you would have expected it to, uh, I think you like the path you took there too, because you can anticipate some payoff from that down the road. With uh, Teoscar Hernandez coming back soon, don't know if it's today. Do we know if it's today or not, Shai? The expectation is that it's today. So unless something something untoward happened, uh, he'll be in Cleveland and in the lineup and cleanup. That's great news. Okay, who who does he help the most in that lineup? Is it the person Charlie. hitting in front of him? Okay, that 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 could be the that could be the answer too. Is it the guy hitting in front of him? Is it the guy hitting behind him? Who do you think he benefits or helps the most by coming back? So I don't want to like give you the sort of vanilla answer of everybody, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of is everybody. And, you know, I wrote about this last year and that one of the things that Teoscar Hernandez didn't get enough credit for is that not only is he there, you know, making sure that they leverage the times when, you, you know, Springer, Simeon uh, and Bo and Vladdy were getting on base in front of him. But he was also making sure that he was setting the table for, you know, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and the guys behind him. Mm-hmm. So he, he's doubly important because, you know, that spot in the lineup, you know, you've got to both make sure that you're cashing in what's in front of you and setting up for behind you. And that's why I think that, you know, I mean, the easy answer is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And, and obviously that's going to help him immensely. Uh, and, but it's going to help Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Matt Chapman and everyone else behind him, too. Shai, now that, uh, you know, this this run of games is over, one of the things that, that did, I mean, I'm not going to make too much out of this, but I think we kind of saw its its head get reared in these games is what the Jays can do on those nights when Jordan Romano isn't available or for example on nights I don't know maybe tonight he's had a long <clears throat> he had a long ninth inning last night um how important is it for them to find a plan B and is this something you think Ross will look at as the season goes on is it something that maybe Nate Pearson answers 
Um, I, I'm just wondering, because it, it, it did pop up a couple of times, right? All it takes is a bad outing from Jimmy Garcia or a shaky outing from Jimmy Garcia, and now, now everything compounds. Yeah, for sure. And look, yesterday was just the second time this season that Romano has pitched on more than one day of rest. Uh, it's got eight time on one day of rest and three times on back-to-back days. And that's not sustainable either. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you're right. It it is a question uh, both for, you know, what's who's setting him up and everyone else behind them. I think, I think you still feel good about, you know, where Tim Mesa is at. You know, I think with, with Jimmy Garcia, it's one outing that was really troublesome. And, you know, the Yankees weren't hitting lasers off him the other day and his velocity was up. Uh, And, you know, and if Timmy Locastro doesn't steal that base, you know, maybe that inning plays out a lot differently. So, you know, I, I don't know that I'm, you know, that we should get off the, the Jimmy Garcia train just yet, but I think the depth is, is an issue, right? You want to have uh, another guy there alongside Simber and alongside Garcia and uh, alongside Mesa, alongside Trevor Richards, and whether that, you know, whether Julian Merriweather can find it, you know, I still think there's that upside there, you know, it's a small sample size and last year and there was an injury post it, but you know, that what we saw at the beginning of 21 out of him, you know, if they, if they can somehow get, get him back to that, you know, that's an absolute weapon. Uh, and then, you know, there's Nate Pearson as well. You know, the, they're going to try to figure that out, mm-hmm. see if they can get him right. And I think the plan is for him to still start. That's what the Blue Jays are thinking in that way. But I think there's also the understanding that, you know, if they need some help in the bullpen, eventually, you know, they saw that play in a small sample last September, and it's pretty good. So, you know, and trades, of course, are, are down the line, and I think they'll, you know, they'll probably be looking at some point to that as well. But I do still think they haven't exhausted their internal options. Yeah, the one, you know, the, the thing that, that kind of stood out to me about this series against the Yankees was the big separator to me is that Yankees bullpen because because of the quality of the stuff that you know that is coming out out of there and uh, you know you look at the Yankees not everybody can close but I like Aaron Boone's chances of of picking calling the right number in the ninth inning on days when Chapman isn't available for example. Yeah, oh for sure. I mean, it's just weapon after weapon there, right? You know, there's, there's Chad Green, there's Clay Holmes. You know, they they lose Zach Britton and it's no skin off their back. Uh, you know, Michael King is is super underrated, and you know you can get some length out of him too. Uh, there's just there's just a lot of toys there, uh, and and guys who are just nasty. You know, Jonathan Lewis, guy. Every time I watch him pitch, I'm like, I don't know how anybody ever hits him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it, it's absolutely a wealth. I think. The Yankees are built in in a way that they're they need to rely on that more than the Blue Jays do. The Blue Jays expect to get more out of the rotation and more coverage from the rotation, but whenever they get into those those games that turn into a battle of bullpen attrition, uh, you know I think the you know the the Blue Jays could use uh, another arm or two there uh, because you could just never have enough. Shy, what do, what do you think that Ross Atkins thinks about the depth? You were talking about the depth of the bullpen. I was starting when you were talking about that. I was thinking about the depth of the everyday guys, the the bench players like the Collins, like the Zimmers, like the Heinemans. I think Rymel Toppy is the fourth outfielder. He'll be the guy that sticks on this team when everybody comes back and everybody's healthy. He's a part of this team. But what do you think 
You know, the, the guys have been, they've gotten some playing time. They've gotten in some big spots. Collins is hitting cleanup on occasion for the Blue Jays. What do you think the, the that Ross is thinking? Does he think by what he's seen, okay, I'm okay with this going into September playoffs. I like the depth. Or do you think it's something that he thinks he's going to have to go out and fix? I mean, I, I don't see it as a glaring hole right now, right? You think about when the Blue Jays get back closer to full strength, you know, and start looking more like the way they're supposed to. And the guys are fitting into roles where, you know, Bradley Zimmer is a guy who's, you know, coming in for defense in the seventh or eighth inning and pinch running if you need a little bit of speed uh, and, you know, maybe starting once a week at most. You know, that that's sort of a, a role on the bench that, that fits. And, you know, Zach Collins is, you know, a left-handed bat to against a certain lineup or to, to give you a pinch hit in a spot and catch on occasion. You know, I think that plays. Uh, you know, that the question, one thing I do think is interesting where, you know, Alejandro Kirk has been off to uh, a really interesting start where he's having quality at bats and he's getting on base a little bit. Uh, but, you know, the other night was his first extra base hit of the year. And, you know, that's, that's an aberration. He's hitting the ball hard. You expect there to be some more extra base hits, but you know, if that production doesn't come around, you know, are you comfortable with, you know, him and Tapia as sort of the getting the bulk of DH at bats or, you know, the playing time with, with guys resting uh, on DH days. I think that's where you may have, uh, you may want a little bit more production. Uh, and I don't know that that internal option is there right now. You know, Gabriel Moreno's uh, is cooled down a little bit after a hot start at Buffalo, uh, which is to be expected uh, given the number of reps that he has. Uh, you know, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be an answer or at least not an imminent one. You know, Jordan Groshans just got to Buffalo, so you know, that, that's a little bit of time. You know, they may get to a point where, you know, they want one more bat in there uh, that can eat up some of those DH days and uh, play the field when someone needs a rest to get a bit more production, and that would give you a little bit more impact off the bench. But I think you, if you look at sort of what you have right now, you feel pretty comfortable about how you can get through and survive some injuries. But ultimately, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they look for a little bit more production. When when, when uh, Ryu comes back and, and say Ross Stripling continues to give you some decent starts, you know, taking a step forward, uh, you say Kikuchi looks like he looked last night. Now that velocity and that fastball plays, I think if he's walking away from anything, he can walk away going, I'm riding on that plane thinking, man, if I can continue to somewhat locate that, I can dominate some pretty good hitters. But if Ryu comes back and those two guys that I just mentioned continue to take step forward, what do they do with Ryu? It's, it's interesting. I think right now you have to give Ryu a chance to start, right? I, I know that we look back at the at the end of last season and the, the beginning of this one, but I don't know that it's fair to uh, to write him off at this point. You know that where you could say there were some legitimate health concerns and concerns about arm strength. That if he recovers that, then he gets back to where he was. And when when he if you know if he's throwing the ball the way that he can and commanding it, you know he's pretty damn good too. So this is one of those good problems to have. This is where you feel a little bit for Ross Stripling because you know he keeps showing signs that. If you give him a chance to start and give him some runway, maybe he could be. But one of the reasons he hasn't stuck is because he hasn't 
you know, a little bit with Los Angeles too. It's been both a, a matter of opportunity and a matter of, you know, sometimes the results haven't been there when he's gotten the extended chance. So uh, I, I think if you're the Blue Jays, you let Ryu start until he shows you he absolutely can't start anymore. And you feel pretty good knowing that, you know, where you had, you do have Ross Stripling there who continues to, to find ways to improve, continues to find ways to impress, and continues to find ways to contribute. Shai, do you have any idea how they can grade when Ryu is back to being that Ryu that, that we all love? How, how would they know? Like the velocity, you know, it was 88 and 91. It's, that's normally what it is. In his start before he went on the IL, it was mainly 90, 91. The velocity, for the most part, was there. The cutter velocity was there. That slow breaking ball, he's trying to manipulate that thing and and – tried to take the sting out of bats, that was sort of there. So if you're grading him and you're watching him and wherever they're going to watch him to know he's back, how do you know he's back? I think it's when you see him being able to pick the plate apart, yeah. right? Because yeah. that, that's, a, that's a thing that he wasn't doing. And Again, I don't know this. Uh, you know, he hasn't spoken uh, publicly about it. I'm just guessing here, but... I, when you see a command guy who had some velocity dips and then he's really humping up there to try and get back to his old velocity, and that, that's typically when guys lose their command, right? Because they're sort of out of their mechanics. They're, they're, they're reaching back for a little bit of extra effort uh, you know, to, get, to get more on it, and then you lose the precision. And that's my, my guess. It's what, what was going on with Ryu, that you know, he, he, needed, he felt like he needed – to, to get that a little bit extra on it. And he was sacrificing the location to get it. And so if he's back and locating the ball, then, then that's when he can pick you apart, right? You know, it's that, that fastball in on righties. Then he's got the cutter there. He's, he's flipping in the curveball. He's working in the changeup. Uh, and at that point, you know, then guys are, are guessing the whole time and oftentimes leaving the batter's box, shaking their heads or muttering that uh, what had happened to them. So, I think that will be the telltale sign. You know, if he's if he's on the plate, um, you know that'll be telling. And so he's he's got a rehab start in Buffalo on Saturday. Uh, Danny Jansen is going to go with him. Danny Jansen is going to catch that start. So you know, I think the Blue Jays are going to get both some you know uh, objective data from uh, whatever the track man tells them, but they'll also have a, a pretty good scouting report in terms of what Danny sees and and what he's able to tell them about it. Uh, Derek Holland <clears throat> signed a minor league contract with the Jays uh, yesterday, or at least said he did on 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 Twitter. What are they? Is is that just an arm for them? Yeah, I mean, just an arm. He's going to come in. I believe he's going to work as a reliever with the Bisons, uh, which is what he did, uh, which is what he's done in, in recent years, and maybe it turns into something. Uh, you know, I think what often uh, what often is happening these days is I know the certainly with the Blue Jays, but with other clubs too is that, you know, they'll have their, their analytics people that'll find something that they like about a guy or a scout, mm-hmm. something that their scouts like about a guy, and then they'll get him in there and say, hey, we want to, they'll make the suggestion, this is what we think, if you do this, you'll have a bit more success. And uh, they think that now more than ever, they've got a chance to help guys uh, and help them improve. And so, you know, Derek Holland obviously has had big league success and has been a part of playoff teams in the past. Uh, you know, and if they can find something there and, you know, turn him into uh, an effective lefty out of the bullpen, well, the Blue just could always use another one of those. Shy, really good of you to do this in the spur of the moment. Thanks so much, my friend. Be hey, well. Thanks, Shy. Yeah, no problem, guys. Take care. Shy DeVitti, our MLB insider with Sportsnet. 6.07 is the first pitch again tonight. <clears throat>
as the Guardians take on the Jays. So Danny Jansen will go down and catch Hyunjin Ryu at AAA, which makes sense. It does. I, I, I laugh because I, 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 the conversations I've had with Danny and everything he goes through <laughs> to try and figure out how to catch him, all the fingers he has to put down and thinking along. He's probably thinking, really? God. I've tried to do it at now the I gotta do level. It. Now i got to go all the way down to Buffalo. He's probably thinking, I thought last really? year I thought was the last time they'd have to catch this guy down in Buffalo. Yeah, now no i got to go back to Buffalo no, to I catch go you. And, uh, and then i got to worry about my hitting, too. Yeah. I mean, all, all kidding aside, it, it makes sense. It, listen, it's an interesting question. I think Shy's right. Like, you know, I sit here, I sit here, and I say I have more confidence in Ross Stripling than I do in Hyunjin Ryu right now, which I do. But Ross Stripling isn't under contract for another year and isn't making the money Hyunjin Ryu is. And if I'm the Jays, yeah, I, I you're almost obligated, right? It, if the guy, and and this this is a legit injury. So he's not faking it. This is a legit injury. So if it's a legit injury, you're almost obligated to let the guy come back. And I don't necessarily believe that you never lose your job because of injury. But when it comes to pitchers who have multi-year contracts, I kind of do. I think you bring him back. you, you, You pick your spot with him. And you see what he gives you. And then you pivot off that. I I have to say this. Until he starts disrupting other people's routines and the way they're going out and trying to perform at the highest level. If you got to add a six-man rotation for Hunjin Ryu, a look, I get what you're saying about the contract and the money. It's about winning now. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is you don't you don't rehab a guy and then cut him. Like you're going well, and you're not, not you're not, not going to no, no, but I'm saying you're not going to you're not going to pitch Ryu out of the bullpen. That makes no sense whatsoever. No Let's sense say the whatsoever. Leash is shorter. Yeah, him. yeah, but I, as but, long as he's taking the ball still every five leash. days and he's giving you a a, a decent chance well, to and, win games, and that's what we said. Mm. That this this is why two things, two positive things have come out of the Jays' injury so far. I think one, we have seen what Alejandro Kirk looks like when he has to be the, a number one Ooh. catcher, defensively. And offensively. Those so other teams, if they want to look that, trade that's for that fine. guy, yep, but, so but, other teams. But that's not going to make any people – are, people are still going to see the bat. But the point is, we have a better read now on Alejandro Kirk than we did in spring training. I would suggest that the bloom is off the rose a little bit now and, then, and, and that there are fewer people who look at Alejandro Kirk as the next great Blue Jays offensive player. But you had that opportunity to see it. You saw that. And the other thing – is it allowed the Jays to focus most of their efforts, Pete Walker, on on getting Yusei Kikuchi right. Pete Walker didn't have to worry about Hyunjin Ryu's next start, right? Did not have to worry about Hyunjin Ryu's next start. Ross Stripling, thank God. Essentially, Pete didn't have to worry about Ross Stripling's Smart next guys start. guys figured it out himself. Right? Okay, so, and, and Barrios and Manoa and, and, and Gossman, nothing out of the ordinary there. So the Jays have been able to focus all their efforts on Yusei Kikuchi. And I will never say that a guy has necessarily turned the corner, but you saw Yusei Kikuchi take a step forward last night. You saw him be rewarded for that by going out and getting that extra inning. So all I'm saying is things have worked out to the point where you've taken you've taken advantage of some of the opportunities that have been presented to you by injuries, you know, no, there, there is, you know, sometimes a crisis is too good a crisis to let pass, right? 
you learned a little more about a couple of guys in your team. So that also, the flip side of that is it gives you a little more confidence when you run Hyunjin Ryu out there. You know, you, you're right, the leash is short. You don't have to have Hyunjin Ryu pitch five innings to see what he's about. If he's scuffling after two and two-thirds, maybe you have to back him off and you've got another guy who's ready, who, who, who is ready to step in. But uh, that, that's why I, I just think what we're seeing from Yusei Kikuchi is so important because I am a big believer and you gotta you got to eliminate as many crises as you can. And as I said, you can manage your way around one starter who's scuffling. Damn hard managing your way around two starters who are scuffling. Especially when you're playing 20, 20 games and 20 nights. It's pretty hard to start. Okay, we got to make sure this guy doesn't face this guy. And, oh, Jesus, we don't want this matchup. You can do that with one guy. Doing it with two is, is practically impossible. Um, we got to talk about uh, Madison Bumgarner and what happened yesterday with the Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher and home plate umpire Dan Bellino. Um, and we're going to do that when we come back. We'll also go to the text line, 590-590, and we'll take your questions for Barker's Back Leg Bits. We have a few really good ones. Again, you can DM me at SN Jeff Blair. You still have time to get your questions in. We'll do it every morning. I will send out a kind of a prompt before the show, and uh, you can DM your questions for Barker's Backleg Bits. So we'll talk about Madison Baumgarner, and we'll get to Barker's Backleg Bits. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it is Blair and Barker, the stretch drive for a Thursday or the ninth inning or whatever it is. Mr. Barker and my... Would you be a good closer? Are you a setup guy or a, or a, or a, a, a long guy or a sixth and seventh inning guy? What are you? Hmm, not sure. Jury's still out on that. I'd be a lefty specialist. <laughs> How about that? I'd be hey, a lefty what? specialist. I'd be Tommy Malone. Ugh. Really? You Tommy love Malone. That, you love that guy. I love Tommy Malone. You couldn't, you couldn't wait to see it. No, I just like, listen, I, I like guys that aren't any good. <laughs> We've talked about this. I like guys. I love going on baseball reference and looking at guys at their, at their you know, at their year by year thing. And I love it when I see a guy who is a double A, then triple A, then somebody else's triple A team, then somebody else's triple A team, then four games in the majors. Then he doesn't appear in the majors for two years. Then he's back with four different major league teams. Then he's got, I love that. I, I love looking at the transactions part of anybody's reference page. Trust me, Tommy don't like that. I know, but it's fine. You know, I, you learn, Hey, people forget that Edwin Encarnacion before he became a great, he was available for nothing twice. The Oakland athletics took him. And they got rid of him before they even saw him play. Mm-hmm. Like it's you learn a lot about dudes. Anyhow, and I, and I do. I I have one of the things I've learned covering baseball is the stars are great. They they really are, but the cool stories are the guys who who hung in. And that's why 
told you, like, when you started doing the show, you'd kind of roll your eyes at me. I tell you to tell the story. You go, nobody cares about that because it happened in double A or triple A. I said, Kevin, you're talking to a bunch of people who play beer league baseball, who've never played baseball. You got paid to play. It doesn't matter who paid you. Doesn't matter what they paid you. Somebody gave you a check to play baseball. And I have a lot of time for people who made their living playing baseball and hung in there when they weren't in the majors. I Those are the people that are the storytellers. Those are the people who's, who I think folks are relate, find relatable. So yeah, I, I make no, I'm Tommy, I'm Tommy Malone. Yeah. Out of everybody you could pick, that's the first name that popped well, no, in your I, You have to have a little sense of self-deprecation. Right? You're not going to be a closer. You're not going to be a closer. You know, I guess I could be an aging right-hander or an aging left-hander. I don't know. Nestor Cortez. Maybe I'd be Nestor Cortez. That's not bad. How do we get started in this? Um, I want to talk about Madison Bumgarner and what we saw yesterday with uh, Dan Bellino, the first base umpire. I incorrectly called him the home plate umpire. But essentially to set the set the scene for you. And I... And I got a lot to say about this, but I promise I won't take up all the airtime talking about it because to me it gets to what's wrong with, with the game. Um, so Madison Bumgarner is coming off the field, and he's already chapped at the home plate umpire because he's Madison Bumgarner, and he's like, this guy, has the, this guy has got the perpetual red ass. He really does. That's Madison Bumgarner, which is why he's so good. So he's already chapped at the home plate umpire. Now he's got to go off and get his hand checked, right? Because now you see umpires are checking pitchers' hands for sticky stuff. Right? And our friends at MLB Network, just before we, we, when we were in the break, they did a montage of umpires checking pitchers' hands. And there, you could tell there are umpires who they just don't want to do it. Like there are guys who literally come up and go like that. You they know, like, they don't even feel it. It's like, just give me your hand like that. See ya. Well, Dan Bellino turned it into a staring match. Oh. I, I mean, it, it was it was uncomfortable. It was, I was uncomfortable. uncomfortable I was uncomfortable it. too. I was too. I mean, dude, you're not. It's not like you're petting a dog. Yeah, you know. I mean, anyhow. Huh. So, Madison Bumgarner turns around and 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 says, "Aaron Boone stuff." Aaron Boone stuff to him, <laughs> and he gets ejected. And of course, he goes ballistic. And uh, when 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 asked about the hand check. Uh, Dan Bellino told a press pool reporter, quote, I wouldn't say Bumgarner took exception to it. It was just a hand check. Dude, you were massaging it. You looked like you were trying to... It, I've, seen, I've seen palm readers spend less time on a freaking palm than Dan Bellino did with Madison Bumgarner. I can't believe Dan has enough nerve to come out and actually speak. Anyhow, Bumgarner it. was ejected for, quote, profanity directed at an umpire, said Bellino, who cited that the starter, quote, made some, in, in, some inappropriate comments and was removed from the game. So this is how it sounded on, uh, is this the Arizona feed? This is how the Arizona, Arizona Diamondbacks guys called it. And then we'll throw to Madison Bumgarner, who, surprise, surprise, had some thoughts on it. Well, the, the entire complexion of this game has changed in just a few seconds after we went to break. Madison Bumgarner, you see Tori Lovello right now, who was tossed last night, is between the home plate umpire, a young guy in Ryan Willis, and the crew chief, Adrian Gonzalez. Bumgarner coming off the mound, gesturing. And he was thrown out of the game. And so that was not the home plate umpire that tossed him out. That's the first base umpire, right, Dan Bellino? Yeah, and I th well, I think he threw him out. The first base umpire is the one who threw him out. The home plate umpire, Bumgarner, had a couple words with him after the to end the, to end the inning, but uh, 
You know, obviously when they were checking his hands, he must have exchanged a couple words there. So this was essentially an ejection when he his hand was checked. Well, here you see Bellino not even looking down at his hands. You know, most umpires come out, they check your hands. You see him right there, he's just waiting. He keeps waiting, looking for Bumgarner to look up. And then when they make that eye contact. And, Bu and Bumgarner is not making eye contact. No. He's still. And, that, it, and it, when Bumgarner says, you're still on my hand and you're staring at me, so now I got to say something. Okay, and Madison Bumgarner did did uh, did have stuff to stuff to say after the game as well. Have you ever had a hand check quite like that? No, I haven't seen one like that. What do you think that he was doing there? You seen the video? You seen the video? I've seen the video. I was there. It's uh, yeah, you guys see it plain as day. Do you think it was a direct kind of reaction to your comments toward the home plate umpire? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to speak for, for Dan. But um, yeah, like I said, you, you guys all seen it, and you can go back and see it all again. It's pretty clear. Do you yeah. have any history with Dan? At all? I don't. Not that I know of. <laughs> I don't know. Do you just kind of wish you had held your tongue there? Well, I'm not going to say that either, um, because <laughs> like I said, you've seen what happened. But uh, it just shouldn't happen. You know, the whole thing shouldn't happen. Oh, God love Madison Bumgarner. Give me my damn hand back is what I want to say to him. No, he um, said, what are you staring at? That's that's what he said. Uh, and then Dan being Dan, because everybody knows Dan is sort of like Madison Bumgarner of the umpires. Well, he's just a, he gets it a bit just, of a knob is he, what he is. There you go. I, well, I didn't want to say it. I'll let you say it. He's a knob. A lot of them are. No, well, he's known to be one. I just don't get it. I, I, don't, I, I just don't understand what, why they want to pick fights. Because they can. They can get away with it. The, the, there, there's no repercussions for it. Why, why, should they, why, should, why should a player get thrown out? Here is the... And the umpire doesn't or doesn't get fined or irrelevant. doesn't get suspended. That's, no, irrelevant. that's irrelevant. That's Because Madison Bumgarner is going to get irrelevant. fined. That he is gets, irrelevant. He got thrown out. He has to answer is, for it. That is irrelevant. Make, make Dan go stand in front of reporters and have that lady yeah. ask the same exact questions. Irrelevant. Have him do it. It doesn't matter. It's Why doesn't it's, it matter? It's irrelevant. You're, you're missing. You're missing the whole point. Explain it to me. First of all, of course, Bellino was an idiot. He was looking for confrontation. I mean, you all know about things. Umpire, you don't look at the umpire. I mean, there's a whole all this body language stuff going on. Bellino kept staring at him and basically said, "Say something to me." He's basically say something to me, MFR. Is basically what he's saying. Say something to me. Say something to me. Here is the problem with all of this and I blame the commissioner's office and I blame Joe Torrey and I blame Theo Epstein and I blame anybody with a title at the commissioner's office by having umpires by, by forcing umpires, by embarrassing umpires, putting them in the position where they have to check a grown man's hand for sticky stuff. Now, think about this. Every game, you got to check a guy's hands for sticky stuff. The whole point of, of if you are going to have umpires, you want to... You don't want to put them in positions where they're front and center. They're already enough. You've got them calling strikes. You've got them doing all this other stuff. 
the idea that an umpire should be checking a pitcher for a sticky substance is stupid. We, first of all, we've talked about this. Develop a ball that everybody's happy with. You're an $11 billion a year industry. For God's sake, maybe there's some, some student who's doing his, his or her master's or PhD in something. Get him to develop a ball. Baseball has created this by creating another flashpoint between umpires and players. It's not necessary. You don't need to check a pitcher's hand. There are rules in place. There are rules in place. Use that. You've got a game right now where no one's scoring runs. You've got a game right now where players are pissed off because they've just gone through a CBA. No runs being scored means guys are going to be paid less. We know about balls and strikes. Nobody's happy. Nobody's happy with the ball. Nobody's happy with umpires. Nobody's happy with anything. And the geniuses at the commissioner's office have decided, you know what we'll do this year? Let's create another situation where players and umpires can interact in public. This is entirely on the commissioner's office. I guarantee you, and we'll get Joe West on tomorrow, I guarantee you there is not an umpire out there who wants to be checking pitchers' hands for sticky substances. I guarantee you that. Takes three seconds. D- Kevin, it, the only Kevin, thing it, I hear it, whenever you're saying this is you're making excuses for an umpire. I, who no, can't walk no, up no, I am and not. Touch a pitcher's Kevin, fingers. I, no, Kevin, I'm for not. Three seconds. I'm not making excuses for an umpire. I'm not. You I, are. I, I know. I'm saying he's a grown human. Kevin, make an adjustment. Treat him and the pitcher like they're growing humans. You're not treating the pitcher you're like he's a growing human. You're asking him to do a no, job that takes you three seconds. You're missing Walk the point. The guy shake my hand. You're missing. You don't even have to look Kevin, down at the hand. Kevin, you're missing the point. No, no, you're I, missing. No, no, you're missing I, the point. That, that's exactly I'm not what the commissioner's up for office umpires. does. Is they make excuses all the time right. for an umpire. They're grown humans just like the players they are. Aren't, Kevin, there is no need to Man. check. It's not. Do you it's think, the you the don't reason think, why they're checking is because there saying? was an issue last year. Well, guess what? That's why. Well, there were there have been issues for 100 years. There have been issues for 100 uh, yeah, years 100, in the game with that. 100 years, they didn't throw a bazillion miles an hour. We're moving all over that, the place. They're trying to make it at least a, 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 that's, a chance that's for a absolute, hitter to get that's a hit. A, that's absolute nonsense. It's, an, it's, an it's absolute. It's, it's an excuse. It's embarrassing. For, no, Kevin. It's, an excuse. it's embarrassing for the pitcher, too. Oh, come on. Kevin, it's embarrassing for the pitcher. You're basically being accused of cheating. If you're not cheating, why do you care? Walk over, shake the dude's hand, and walk away. It takes two seconds. I, it, it's man, look, uh, I, it's 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 it takes one guy. I am one not guy for us to come no, on no, this no. show and I, have a no, and make no. an excuse I have, no, for no, grown people no, who wear no. a blue uniform on a baseball field. I am not. I'm, That's exactly what I, it I'm is. I'm not making an excuse for you a are. non-part. No, believe it's stupid. The whole thing is stupid. I'm saying it's it's. Not right it's for the pitcher. That you got to sh- you got to shift with, with the, the everything that is re- revolves around baseball is about a pitcher that throws a bazillion miles an hour to get a hitter out, and on top of it, you want to use a sticky substance. And now the commissioner's office asks an umpire who is a grown human who's not a nine year old, not pitcher- my son who goes to school, to walk over and go, "Hey, Jeff, can I see your pitchers finger? don't like it? Let me see it. Pitchers don't like it. Go, good job." Pitchers don't like Turn it. Turn around, walk off. He takes one knob, as you say, pitchers don't to like hold it. a guy's hand to want to pick nah, a fight. Nonsense. And then you come on here nonsense. and make an all excuse you do, for him. All you do is you come spend on, all man. your time ripping umpires, and then and now you want now you want you want more you want umpires involved in the game more. You know what they should do? Umpires some, should measure every some, hitter's bat when he goes up to make sure that the pine tar is not up there. Wait, any you way don't, you want to shake you it, it don't want takes umpires one bad umpire to screw it up for no, everybody. You don't want umpires involved in the game. Well, you want to remove them. You want to remove it as much as possible. 
You want to, you don't want to put anything right. else into the umpire's hands. Literally, you don't. You don't want to ask him to do it. You've basically <laughs> spent three years telling me they suck at everything, but now you're okay with giving them something else to do you, that you know, they can suck you, at. You, you, you know, suck at four things. Here, suck at a fifth thing to make the game. Last better. year they made you drop your pants. Let me see what's inside your belt. They don't do that anymore. You just walk by, shake the guy's hand, walk away. Don't take no knob, as you say, to stand there and want to no. pick a fight with a no. raw, another Nonsense. grown human Nonsense. and then blame the commissioner's office for trying to make the game at least somewhat fair for both oh, sides. I, come on. Somewhat it's fair like, for both uh, sides, please. It's like, what more do you want? Give me a break. It's like I, can, I, can, I got seven people standing on this side of the field. You throw a bazillion miles an hour. You want to throw secondary pitches. No, by the way, you want to use sticky stuff to make the ball spin more. What else you want? Anyhow, Darren Funk says Jeff Kevin is right about the umps checking. Bam! Hands. No, he's not. How hard is it? I don't understand. It's not that it's hard. It's that it's how a, hard is it to take three seconds, walk by a dude, and it's only one guy, Kevin, that's had an issue with Kevin, one other guy, Kevin, Kevin, who's complaining about the strike. Kevin, if I have something in my my fingers and I wipe it off in the side of my pants, and you check my hand and it's not in my hand, then I go in the dugout and load up again. Because you don't check them every inning. You think that you think guys still aren't throwing sticky stuff? It's stupid. Uh, it's it's you know what? It's it's performative. It's performative. It's like so much right now. We can't control it, but let's do something that makes it look like we're trying to control it. It's performative. It is a waste of time and energy, and it puts people who already hate each other's guts and think that they're trying each each other's trying to steal food from them. It puts them in a position where they have another chance for confrontation. It's dumb. And if I was a pitcher, I would have been throwing up five times by now. Because I look at the guy, what, you want to, want to hold my hand a little longer? What about this part of that? What about this hand? It's dumb. How, how many, how many times have you seen an umpire hold a pitcher's hand for, long, for longer than two seconds? It's embarrassing. Anyhow, uh, you know what time it is? It's time for You're Barker's so Back Leg Bits. I don't You're know who so he was praying to, but Barker's like, get up, get out of here. And the guy's right at the fence. Like, I got this one, you know? The umpires would throw the balls out. Like, hey, Barker's up. Bring in the six balls. We bring need the, the dead ones. Bring in the dead ones. I like to bring in Barker's dead balls. How about sure, that? Man. How about that? Yeah, you know what you, hey, I know what you would have been. You would have been an umpire. Not a chance you, in you hell. You wouldn't have been Tommy Malone. You'd have been an umpire. You would have been the guy that had to check for sticky stuff. I'm not. T I'm not checking anybody's hands for sticky. You would have been. I, you're a, I'm you a 62 year old man. You're asking me. You're Let asking me, me to check a dude's hands for sticky stuff. You would have been the guy. You would have been like the what ninth umpire in the. What the, is it? Freaking the... high school. <laughs> was it high school? Uh, yeah. Well, look. You, you'd have been the guy that. Let me make check your hand. Little, Ooh, oh, that's oh, a handy oh, fingers. Oh, a little the, sticky. The, the umpire. Anyhow. Um. What was me? See, now you got me. It's time for... Because you're wrong. How do you know it? It's time for Barker's back leg bits. James Tubb, by the way. See what you started, James? Thanks for that, James. Thanks for your freaking DM. Uh, oh, that was James. That was... Hey, Jeff, I know it's not Blue Jays content, but just wanted yours and Kevin's thoughts on the Madison Bumgarner ejection yesterday. Thanks for that, James. Jeff's wrong, and I'm right. There you go, James. James is a reporter, by the way, with the Medicine Hat News. Shout out to the Medicine Hat News. Sweet. And he's from West Perth, well, Ontario. Write, Shout out to West it. Perth, Ontario. You can write in that. There you go. Anyhow. Jeff was wrong. <laughs> now, now I lost my uh, train of you thought. You should be Joe Torrey. You should be the head of the umpire. Cody Simmons from Ottawa. Hey, Jeff, two questions for you and Barker. First is, do you think the umpires have been told by MLB to have wider strike zones to uh, possibly expedite the player's decision to implement the uh, automated strike zone? 
Second is with the conversation of a possible pitch clock next. Oh, that, yeah, the pitch clock, that isn't going to create any problems next year. How much, if any, say do you think the sports betting companies will have since that's a new and big revenue stream that's a for MLB? Question. That is a hell of a that question. Is a tremendous His question. point is, I ask, is because of the in game player prop bets you can do, if the pitch clock is oh. implemented, people will have little to no time to bet on an outcome of the at bat, et cetera. Cody? Gosh, that's a great question. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA was at a conference with Rob Manfred. I know we told the story, but it's worth telling again. Two years ago. And it was a panel discussion. And Adam Silver said to Rob Manfred, why are you worried about pace of play? The more stoppages in your game, the more chance for people to get on their apps and bet. Cody, you're, you're absolutely right. And this is something... You know, baseball, they're gonna have to figure they're gonna have to figure this out because baseball and and legalized wagering, they're not in bed anymore. I mean, they've no. they've they've copulated. They got kids all over all over the place, right? I mean, this is this is the next avenue of big revenue for all sports teams. That is a great point. It's right, a great, it's a great it, point. It's a great point. The faster the game goes, the less you have chances for in-game that betting. The first part of his his question there is the umpires told to have yeah, wider they, they starts. They don't have to just just say go out there and do what you normally do. No, I I, <laughs> I I think what has happened, I think, and and Jeff Passon's article points this out. I, I think what has happened is it's like it's like anything else. The speed limit is ninety, but you're allowed ten percent allegedly. As the speed limit's ninety, you can drive hundred. You're probably not going to get pulled over. It's the same thing with the strike zone in baseball. Baseball has got that stupid box. But Major League it. Baseball has said to the umpires, we're going to allow you a certain percentage on, on, each, on each side. So I am very interested I, to hear Joe West's comments about how, how, that's a, how that's made it harder for an umpire. I'm, I'm yeah. very interested yeah. but, because I, I'm assuming umpiring is behind home but plate I, but because I think, of the movement. But, but, but Cody, listen, Cody, Cody, listen, I'm a big conspiracy theory guy, and I'll tell you what. I think baseball has figured out if you can create more issues for the umpires, get the players more and more pissed off at the umpires, there's a greater likelihood that you're going to be able to go to the players and say, hey, let's use this as an example, because everything's going to be negotiated. You're going to go to the players and say, here's the thing. Okay, we won't, uh, we'll make the pitch clock 18 seconds instead of 21 seconds or whatever it is, or 21, st- whatever. We'll give you a little bit of the pitch clock. We'll, we'll go along with you guys in that. If you guys agree to automated, automated balls and strikes, and basically, look, the way this game is going now with no runs, by the end of the year, players are going to be saying, just get these guys out of here. Whatever you want to do, Rob. You want to get rid of umpires, go ahead and do it. I think he's onto something. It's actually genius. It's so a, much distrust and dislike of umpires among the players. It's actually genius. It, if, you, if you think about it, it's genius just because, you know, if, if there's not a ton of, of eyes to the TV set, how do you maximize the people that are actually watching? It's actually genius if you think about it. That is, that is a great We question. spent 30 minutes talking about dudes rubbing each other's hands we did not you did and you were wrong for like 18 of that matt curtis i've got a solution for the umpiring conundrum that mlb is facing use a system similar to PitchCon for the umpires to give strike and ball confirmation into their ear after the pitch is called what from there, umpires can use their information to adjust their zone, then get them based off performance stats. Blow calls or try and stand up superstars, make less money, easy peasy. Matt, I, the reason I read that is because you are touching on, uh, and I'm, I'm convinced this is the way to go eventually, 
Uh, you are going to have automated balls and strikes. There's no doubt about that. Maybe. The umpire is going to be told what the what the decision is by a. There may be a voice in his ear say strike, and he'll be told. See, I don't even to like do that. that. I, I I like the the human element of it of it, even though I don't sometimes like the strike zone, and I really don't like the tough man act. Yeah, but, that's but, what I don't like but most before about that. It. But before that, baseball has to figure out what exactly the strike zone is, and that and that's until you do so that, you're not going to. How how do you even do that? I don't know. But I will say this, I I really do I do think that at some point you're going to have a fifth umpire located in the press box and kind of responsible for reviews and all Somebody that. else for me and you to argue about. <laughs> another one up. Put another umpire. <laughs> That's Rob Manfred's answer. Yeah. Let's create another umpire. How dare you come Let's have 12 umpires. <laughs> Let's have an umpire for every position. Yeah. We can have an and yeah, yeah. We, we can have umpires shift along with the players. I see something on his shoes. Anyhow, I'm, I'm sorry you had to put up with that, but there's a real, real burr up my ass about that thing You're today. Wrong. So. Anyhow, uh, Blue Jays talk after tonight's game. Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker will be back tomorrow, 10 to noon. I think they'll let us back on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And always remember, I'm right, Barker's wrong.